welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I'm your host, Lubna, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, the one and only... Wuntan. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of sushi-adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. And boy, do we have a special guest for you today. He loves giraffes. Why? I still don't know, but he can share that about himself later today. (laughs) And Elliot is looking around, searching for the giraffe, I'm sure. So, Welcome, Elliot. Kay, for the last decade, Elliot has worked with business owners, MDs, investors, and entrepreneurs to stand out when they are pitching or looking to win business. His unique, effective structures, impactful delivery, and language that lands has helped his clients to clarify their messaging, perfect their stories, and therefore win more business. Elliot is a two-time best-selling author, and his last book, Speak, Influence Cell focuses on winning the hearts and minds of your ideal client, which is essential if you are to win business in any climate, even in this climate. Elliot, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. What a lovely introduction. And I think my giraffe has run away. I can't oh. come for my giraffe anywhere. <laughs> I've got to look for my giraffe. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the show. I don't know. They might make an appearance. You never know. You never know. It'll be a surprise. So, Elliot. Let's start with one of the most important questions of our podcast. Are you ready? Uh, let's do this. What's your favorite sushi and why? My favorite sushi is the vegetarian sushi. And I'll tell you why. The rice is yummy. And I love pouring over that soya sauce Ooh. and seeing it go through the rice and like become one. Like Spice Girls to become one feeling with the soya sauce and the rice. And it just tastes so good. Yummy. So that is my favorite sushi. But what specific vegetarian sushi? Because there are a lot of vegetarian sushis around. There is. It's true. I like the sushi with crunchy bits in it. So when they put a little bit of cucumber and a little bit of onion and it's like with the soya and the rice, it's like a little piece of heaven in my mouth. <laughs> I'm salivating and it's only a quarter past 11 in the morning here. So this is so not good for me in any way, shape or form. But now for the gill question. All right, the gill <laughs> question. Gail question. Wasabi or yes or no? Yes. Oh, defo. <laughs> you got to have wasabi. Yeah, defo. A little or a lot? A lotto. Oh, you win the gill bonus points on this podcast. <laughs> yeah baby <laughs> Gail that's how I roll yeah that's yeah she will be very happy to hear that because she is a big 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 advocate for wasabi the more the better exactly so that's absolutely so Elliot how did your sushi journey begin how long ago was that and how did it start is that like a metaphor for my business journey or generally my sushi journey no 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 you, I am you're getting it right <laughs> The sushi journey. <laughs> the sushi yeah, journey. Exactly. Okay. My sushi journey began probably about five years ago. Is it five years ago? When I went through a very, very, very healthy phase of my life. Not that I'm unhealthy now. I'm just broader. And when I went out, I wouldn't eat, you know, any processed foods, any sugars. And so sushi, veggie sushi became a very easy option. 
because you knew what you were getting. It's natural. And, you know, the ingredients are very minimal in terms of like potential yuckiness. And so that's where it began. And because I'm also allergic to fish, again, I couldn't really have the sushi. So I had the veggie sushi. So that's where my journey began. And every now and then I still dabble with the sushi. <laughs> <laughs> but who introduced you to sushi? A shop in London. There was no like, oh, you've got to have this sushi. There's no big moment. It was like, I'm hungry. What can I eat? I'm fed up of this. I'm fed up. Ooh, veggie sushi. All right, let's do this. Are you from London itself? Then? So I was born in London, but now I live in Devon. Uh, so we've okay. moved. I live by the sea. So before this, I went down the sea and had gale winds in my face and watched the waves and spoke to the higher powers that be. And, but yes, I lived in London most of my life. I was born in London. I've lived all over London. I'm a North London boy, but, you know, I went to South years ago, never looked back, and then gradually found myself in Surrey and now in Devon. It's like a gradual moving outness. But it was a shop in London, beginning with a P, that introduced me to sushi. Interesting. Most of our guests tell us about a friend or a family member that said, oh, you got to try this. And no. then they go, but how can you eat raw fish? And your story is actually, I just was looking for something. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's not very glamorous, is it? It's not like, oh, my God, I fell in love with him. My friend's like, oh, my God, you have that is <laughs> None of that. There was just like, I'm hungry. Oh, veggie sushi, that will do. And then that was it. But that was love at first sight, right? I know, anyway. I know, I know. I absolutely love, love, love that story and the variety of how people get introduced into sushi so there's a first for everything mm, true uh, but i think also it shows because like in london you, it's possible to actually have, have that experience of oh that's a shop i'm hungry <laughs> let, let me get some food yeah right. exactly yeah absolutely. because like it's, it's like london the culinary cuisine here is absolutely diverse so you do get um, to just walk into a sushi shop yeah exactly awesome now one of the purposes of our podcast is to give our listeners insight into the personality of Sushi Adoring Entrepreneurs. So one of the questions that we like to ask each and every one of our guests is, if your personality were a sushi, what would the ingredients be and why? That's a great question. So even though I'm allergic to fish, I'm a meat eater. Admittedly so. Uh -huh. So I believe it would have rice definitely have rice and then it would have a really yummy well spiced not too spicy though just with a kick to it piece of chicken in the middle and the sauce the sauce would be a yummy barbecue sauce so it's not your traditional sushi and then round and it would be wrapped with a wrap <laughs> so it's like a wrap wrapped Sushi. <laughs> but, but do you take the, the seaweed? I, I presume you eat the seaweed? No. Oh, you don't? No. Because ah. I'm allergic to seafood and fish. It's a sweet ah. fish, sea fish, and seafood. So, no, but I can go in the sea, in case you're wondering. I'm okay to go in the sea. I'm just okay <laughs> to eat the sea. <laughs> right? But now, the why question. I mean, I get the rice, but what does the rice represent in your personality? What does the chicken represent? And what does the wrap represent? You know, I'm a simple guy, Lubna. I really am a typical simple guy. I don't like things complicated. And I think the rice is easy. The wrap I enjoy 
chicken, but you know, barbecue chicken is like yummy, scrummy. And I, if I can make something easy that tastes good, then I'm all game. And again, if I can build a business and impact people in a simple and easy way, I'm game on. Now, I know life isn't simple, but you know, if I can simplify things, it's game on for me. So that's what it represents. I guess the chicken is, I don't really eat a lot of red meat. In fact, I eat very little, maybe when we go out or when we could go out. So chicken is kind of my go-to and I don't eat a lot of that, to be honest. It's like once or twice a week. So again, it, it represents a nice treat as well. Nice, mm. nice, nice. I wonder nice, what psychologists nice. would make of all this. I have absolutely no idea, but maybe we should ask a psychologist to listen to some of these episodes. And these I think you should. That'd be a great podcast if you <laughs> yeah. like played the psychologist and then they, you interview them on the analysis. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. Boom. Boom. <laughs> it's called a reaction podcast, right? I think it's a trend. I there think you it's go. a trend. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's find ourselves. So if you're listening and you're a psychologist and you're game to do this, reach out. I would really love to actually do this. I'm open. So if you're listening, please reach out. Uh, let's get this. Let's have do to this. Do mine though, because you know, it happened on this podcast. So mine has to feature. You'll be the very first Elliot that we do. So <laughs> I got to ask the question because I know a little bit about that, but why go around in a giraffe suit saying to people, you need to be more giraffe? Well, that is a great question. And this weekend, by the way, I'm running in my giraffe outfit to help raise money for Mind. And the reason we did that is very simple. Again, I don't know. Well, maybe it's a bit of a glamorous story. Last year, we sent a questionnaire out to our database and said, look, what are your biggest problems right now during the pandemic? And we got, you know, rise above the noise, stand out from the crowd. We got all those kind of answers around being online and not being false and being authentic and being real. And on my desk, I had a, like one of those kind of, my wife bought it, slightly tacky, terrible, you know, things you buy when you go abroad in a giraffe outfit. It's like a giraffe tiny thing. Yeah. And I was talking to my content girl and I was like, you know what? People want to be more giraffe. They want to stick their neck out. They want to stand above the noise while keeping their feet grounded on the floor. And she went, brilliant. That's it. It's all about being more giraffe. I was like, oh, all right, let's do this. So our whole campaign last year towards the end of the year has been around being more giraffe. And that's what really started that. And now I really, the whole thing that I do on Clubhouse or offline or when we do these things is about being more giraffe. And I find people are tagging me in giraffe pictures. Like now, Elliot, I'm seeing giraffes everywhere. Whenever I see a giraffe, I think of you. It used to be hats, Woon. People used to do that with hats. Like every time I see a hat, I think of you because they used to be the coach with a the hat, right? They're like, oh, I see you with a hat. Now I think of you. Like this really big entrepreneur who runs a huge community used to tell me how much he hates me because every time he sees a hat, he thinks of me and he sees hats all the time. <laughs> I hate you. I hate your brand. In a it kind works. Of friendly, it works. Yeah, in a friendly kind of way. Yeah. Um, so now it's giraffes. I mean, you know, before Speaker Express was Speaker Express, it was Pony Express. So again, psychology, mm -hmm. psychologists, tell me what this all means, our fetish, this love for animals <laughs> I keep using. Hats, ponies, giraffes. Ah! <laughs> but... I love it. I love this story. And I loved when you show up in an actual giraffe suit. I just love that you really take it all the way to that because it's an amazing metaphor. And especially last year when 
everyone went online because we're all stuck at home and most of us are still stuck at home because we're still in lockdown in some countries in the world. And you want to stand out. And the more people get online, the more difficult that becomes because, well, everyone says that they're a coach and they can do coaching or everyone says that they can teach you how to speak online. Mm. Everyone says Mm. they can do it. But how do you stand out more specifically so that people know, I want to learn from you specifically, Elliot, or I want to learn from you specifically, Woon. What are some of the tips that you've been sharing for people that are listening and thinking, okay, how do I do this? Because I need to stand out because it's only getting crowded and crowded or on, online. Yeah, no, great question. Some of the ways, one of the key ways to stand out and be more giraffe is storytelling. Now, I know there's nothing new and revolutionary about that, but People get stuck in information, feature and benefits when they're talking about promoting themselves, their story, their speaking. You know, we work with a range. We work with investors, uh, techies, you know, we work with a real range of people, coaches, of course, authors, speakers. And, you know, there's one thing that no one can take away from you normally is your story. Right. And so if you become really good storyteller, you'll be more giraffe. Right now, telling the right story and the appropriate story for the the market you want to attract and the audience you want to enroll, that's where the juice is, right? That's where the sushi is. That's the magic, right? So already go online. If you go online, there's hundreds, especially, you know, podcasts, there's hundreds of courses, there's hundreds of speakers, right? But if you're a great storyteller and you've got a great story to tell, then you'll be more giraffe. That's like fact, because also people retain 22 more percent when stories are told, right? That's an official stat. I can't remember where from, but it's an official stat. I can find the source if you really need it. If you Google it, you can find it. So that's one of the tips I would share is be a great storyteller and tell it a lot. Because the other thing I get, of course, is, oh, you know, I've told my story like 10 times now. Aren't people getting bored? Well, the answer is no. A, if you're a great storyteller, B, people will take different bits from it at different times. I mean, if you look at Gary V, he tells the same story over and over and over again. It certainly hasn't done him any harm. And he keeps telling the same story and it keeps working because it's an enrolling story. It's an exciting story. It's a success story. And of course, he shares the downside too, you know. So whether you like Gary V or not, he's a great example of that. And that's one way to be more giraffe. The other way to be more giraffe is standing for something beyond and something else, right? Beyond like how great my product is, how great my service is. So I was working with this guy. He runs three companies, all of them like 4 million plus, you know, really shrewd business guy, very clever, very intelligent, slightly intimidated when I started working with him. You know, data knows this stuff like, you know, one of these people that can quote like, oh, yeah, this book says this and this data says that. And I was working with him on his pitch, ironically, because he's like, I'm doing these pitches and no one's investing. I'm like, give me your pitch. (laughs) So he gave me his pitch. I'm like, I see why. Like you have zero personality and you are not coming across as human. And he was like, well, well. You know, a little bit defensive, and how dare you say that going on in his head? Mm. I know he didn't say it out loud. I was like, Look, tell me the story of why you're building this platform. So he's building a recruitment platform, right? Tell me the story behind it. What does it mean to you? And he was like, Oh, well, you know, you could see him think about it and then go, Well, the reason I'm building this business is so it will create 
real equal opportunity that people will truly be hired on skill, not a tick box. They won't just go after a certain, you know, ethnicity because it's a tick box thing and da, da, and suddenly it became alive. It's like, oh, so that there's meaning behind. Oh yeah. There's loads of meaning behind the platform. So tell me your vision for this. He goes, well, I want to completely, you know, revolutionize the, the recruitment industry. And actually we're building a business, which is a B Corp, which means a percentage of our profits are going to go into a good cause. So actually by investing in this, you're investing in the oceans because our money's going to help to clean the oceans. And he became this alive i'm like oh so you're human and then they've just finished their fundraising campaign and they set out to raise two hundred thousand pounds and they raised half a million wow and of course they've got a great product let's not just say that's only because of me but if you watch the pitch and you can find it online he's only done 10 minutes but he's really incorporated the motive the reason really good appropriate data right and as a result, they've had a great fundraising campaign. I should have asked for 10% equity, really. Yeah, you should. You I should, should have. but I did really It doesn't should. matter. Hindsight's a great thing. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come back to me somehow in another yeah. way. In karma points. In karma exactly. points, Elliot. Exactly. You're, get, you're getting it in karma points. I love those tips. And the reason why is because in my experience, a lot of people are scared to show their personality, to scared to show their passion on why they do it. Because let's be honest, the majority of the entrepreneurs that I encounter are entrepreneurs who have a higher purpose, who are in business right. beyond them making money but they are because they want to change something in the world. There's some frustration around in the world that they want to contribute in solving. And we don't share those stories often enough, and especially to bring in that personality. It's one of the reasons why one of the purposes of the podcast is to show more of that personality, show more of that passion, because that is attraction marketing. You don't have to push and get clients. No, they're attracted to you because they want to contribute to your higher purpose. Absolutely. And I think there's a real shift, you know, in business now, you know, with the rise of the millennials being purpose driven and really kind of, you know, interviewing companies versus companies interviewing them. And just, you know, if you don't stand for something now as a brand, if you're not part of something bigger, then actually you will lose consumers. Uh, The millennials have really pushed that. I mean, I'm Generation X. I know you'd think I'm Generation Z because I look so young, right? But um, the truth so, is... Can... <laughs> really? Are you sure, Elliot? I, I know, I know. That. I haven't shaved. That's what it is. And when I shave, <laughs> I look like I'm 21. No, even younger. Anyway, and that's really been a shift in paradigm of business. And businesses have, businesses have had to have caught up. You know, if you look at someone that's setting where like Elon Musk, completely interrupting industries, completely saying, look, if we don't take care of this earth, something bad's going to happen. Well, it's happening you know, you have teenagers like Greta really speaking out. Now, what Greta's saying isn't new. There was this teenager 30 years ago that said exactly the same thing, Yeah. except she didn't have the power of social media. She went to the UN. She spoke to the UN. They raised their own money. They flew themselves out there. It's a lovely story. And I think with the rise of millennials and Generation Z, it shifted how we have to do business and how we have to show up. Unfortunately, there's still a lot of businesses catching up. And I think that's absolutely, if you don't stand for something more, then it's very easy to take you down. Yeah, true. And I want to piggyback on something that you shared before, because well, your first tip is become a great storyteller if you want to yep. be more giraffe. But how do you know which story to tell? I mean, as you were sharing that, I'm like, okay, but there are different stories. If there I are. go back in time, which one is interesting? Cool. Well, I'll give you the five key stories you need to be able to tell as an entrepreneur, right? And then they can have depth. 
So it doesn't mean you have one in each one. So the first story is the story of your credibility. What gives you the credibility, right? And that can have different parts of it that you deliver at different times. The second one is your personal story. Again, it's about choosing the right part of your personal story to enroll your potential audience or market. It's not about poor me, feel me, look what happened to me, right? You never speak from an open wound, always from a healed scar. So it's like, I can talk about this with strength and here's why I'm talking about it. So your credibility, your personal story. Then of course, here's your business origin idea. So it's like the personal story for your business without you personally in it. So we came up with this idea, we built the team, we got the investment. Then this is what happened to the business. These are the obstacles. And here we are now and we've built Facebook, right? I mean, that'd be nice. You see your business origin idea. So, and then you've got, of course, your, your success stories and or case studies. One of your greatest tools for marketing and success stories, which have to be real for the record, not made up. Okay. That is fraud for the record. And then there's your vision and or mission, right? So again, the, the investor I was working with, which I just told you about, once we evoked his vision, he came to life. And people underestimate the importance of sharing your vision because people want to be part of something big. They want to know where you're going. So sharing your vision. Now, your vision doesn't have to be a Gandhi vision. That's a great vision or a Martin Luther King vision. Again, it's a great vision. It's okay if it is, but your vision could be to impact a local community, to do something on a smaller scale. A lot of people go, oh, my vision has to be big. Well, it doesn't. As long as it inspires you, it gets you out of bed, it keeps you going you know, then that's, that is enough. You know, I want to impact the, the, the county of Devon and make Devon the number one place in the country to go on holiday. Great vision. Yeah. You see, not, I have to help put the UK on the map. So, and I just want to say that as well. So those are your five stories. Should I, should I start off quickly? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. And I, I think it's really, really important on the last one because a lot of mentors or coaches and business coaches and mentors might ask you to do that, to come up with a big vision and big numbers. And for some, that is inspiring and motivating. It gets them the juices running, so to speak. But for some, it's like, how am I ever going to get to 10,000 people? Am I going to reach 10,000 people? They can't imagine it. And if your vision is something that you can imagine in your mind, it's like you're already living in that world. So whether it is your family, your city, your region, or the rest of the world, it really doesn't matter as long as it juices you up, as long as it motivates you to get up and do something about it, don't let anyone force you to make it bigger than you need to make it at this moment in time. So I really love that you emphasize that even more, Elliot. So So, Elliot, could you repeat it again? So you had the first one, which is the personal story, which is coming from one. That's the second second one. one. Credibility, credibility, credibility. Credibility. Yeah. yeah, your story of your credibility, your personal story, your business so, so story. What is credibility again? So it's the journey to becoming the expert in your space or the authority. So, ah. you know, you do podcasting, right? When, like, what is your story of becoming the go-to podcast person? But right. again, it is about without you integrating the personal story. So let's take an example, not necessarily yours. So I had a passion for podcasting. So then I started to really study the different podcast platforms. And then what I did is I launched a podcast and I started to really understand how to market it. And I look at these marketing strategies and then I found this work. And then as a result of this, I did that. And then I wrote the book about podcasting and that went to number one in Amazon. Da, 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 da. So it's not like, look at me, I'm so good. I'm showing off. It's the story of your credibility. And if you watch, for example, the founder of Impossible Foods, 
who created the first burger that tastes like burger and bleeds like a burger, but isn't a burger, therefore can't call it a burger and being sued for him using the word burger. <laughs> that's another matter. And it's a $4 billion turnover company, right? When he talks about his credibility, I think it's Tim O'Reilly. It's something O'Reilly. I can't remember his name right now. You learn the beautiful journey of how he arrived to that moment to start Impossible Foods, but you learn nothing about him. Zero. You don't know if he has a dog, a puppy or goldfish, right? And that's what that credibility story is. Mm. Does that answer your question? I think so. But um, because when I tell my story, I think I confuse my, I I don't have a separate story between my credibility and my, I guess, my my business origin story. Because, you know, most people to start off will have a combination of a few. But the Mm. idea is to expand your toolkit, right? Mm and be able to have several stories in each, because then you can choose according to the audience and who you're speaking in front of, which one you pull on. Yeah. And I, 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 I love the five different ways of telling stories. I love that. I think I'm it's not such a important. Face, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you speak. I've, I've watched your videos, so I know what you do. Uh, <laughs> so you're amazing. Saying, yeah. I am just a pretty face. Well, how dare you? <laughs> Hashtag, I'm not going there. <laughs> I didn't know I was going with that, right? Well, okay, well, guys. Hashtag, going, not a pretty face. Yeah, no, this is going really wrong, really fast. <laughs> so I'm really happy that uh, our conversation here has been so much fun because we're all yeah. about having fun and being light and have a great conversation. So Elliot, as we come to the end of our time together for now, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would really want our listeners to take away from the conversation we haven't talked about the meaning of life why we exist and what is our role on this planet oh elliot is somewhat of a philosopher ladies (laughs) and gentlemen (laughs) no i don't think we're going to go there today is there something (laughs) i just really want to reiterate that really you know as well as being more giraffe one of our, our key hashtags is use your voice for good right and i really want to urge anybody listening to this to understand that now is the time to use your voice for good. Now is the time to be seen. Now's the time to be heard. People are hungry for good guidance. They're hungry for direction. They're hungry for support. And I want to urge all the good people to step up and speak out because people really need it. We need great leaders in the world. We need people to lead industries and that's really what I want to urge all your listeners to do is to really be seen and be heard now because the world needs you. Mm, I love to end on that note. Elliot, thank you so much for your time My and pleasure. your wisdom that you shared. And for you that is listening to this, thank you for listening to another episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. As always, we would love, 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 love to know what has been your biggest insight or takeaway from our conversation with Elliot. Do take a moment and share that with us in our Facebook group, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast, where you can get to connect with other sushi adoring entrepreneurs. You will find the link to this group in the description with this episode along all of the links to connect with Elliot. If you would like more of Elliot and his giraffe, Google him. You'll love the pictures. And if you know anyone who will benefit from listening to this episode, please do share them uh, with them because we would love to reach as many people as we can and use our voices for good. Until next time. <laughs>